Welcome to Divorce at Altitude, a podcast on Colorado family law. I'm Ryan Kalamea. Each week, along with my business partner and co-host, Amy Gosha, or an expert, we discuss a particular topic related to divorce or co-parenting in Colorado. In addition, we have created a short series of lessons that will take you through the legal process of divorce and answer your questions from simple to complex. Divorce isn't easy. The end of a marriage, especially when children are involved, brings a great deal of loss and change. We hope these practical tips and insights will help you on your journey to a new and better life. Now, let's talk about holidays and summer break with the kids. Before we get into some general guidelines and some tips, one thing I'll note is that these times can be some of the most challenging when you're going through a divorce and especially the first year after a divorce because when you're spending it on your own a holiday it can be it can really magnify how much things have changed in your family but if you think ahead and you communicate effectively it's more likely that you and your children are going to thrive as opposed to get bogged down in some petty fight about what time Christmas dinner is and who's picking up the kids. Now, let's talk about holidays. There's some common ways that parents divide and share holiday time in a parenting plan. One option is to alternate the holidays every other year. For example, you can say that the father gets Thanksgiving or in the break on odd number years, and then the mother gets an even numbered years. With this arrangement, you won't miss spending a holiday with your children more than one year in a row. Another option is you split the holiday in half. You can split the day of the holiday so that your child spends part of the day with each parent. This arrangement requires planning and coordination because you don't want your child to spend holidays traveling all day. It also requires the parents to be in proximity to one another on that particular holiday. Another option is you could schedule the holiday twice. You could schedule time for each parent to celebrate a holiday, for example, a birthday, with your child two different times. One parent can celebrate Christmas with a child on December 20th, and the other parent can celebrate on December 25th. You could assign fixed holidays where you each parent can celebrate the same holidays with the child every year. So for example, if Easter is particularly important to one parent for religious reasons, you could in the parenting plan say that that parent gets Easter every single year. Normally, however, there needs to be some sort of trade-off or allocation to the other parent of particular parenting time. You can use a combination of these ways to divide and share holiday time to create holiday arrangements that allow your child to enjoy family traditions and spend quality time with both parents. The most common way for holidays to be split is equally, and that is even if the normal weekly parenting time is disproportionate to one parent over the other. Generally speaking, most parents divide the holidays equally, even if their weekly schedule or normal schedule is disproportionately in favor of one parent over the other. Here are a couple things to keep in mind when you are dealing with holidays. First, your child's birthday. If you think about it, the child's birthday is going to fall on a Monday one year and then a Tuesday the next year and so on and so forth. Most people will have some sort of 
celebration where Bozo the Clown and the kids, their friends come and most parents will trade off the planning of that celebration. Parents' birthdays. Your child can spend time with the parent on parents' birthday. Is it so important for the kids to spend time with you on your birthday? Again, you're going to have to take into consideration that your birthday is going to be on a different day each year, each subsequent year. Three-day weekends. These holidays include Martin Luther King Jr. Day, President's Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, and Columbus Day. Parents can alternate the three-day weekends. They can split the weekends, or they could give the Monday to the person, that, to the parent that has that particular weekend. The more that you throw these kinds of holidays, the birthdays, the Halloween, three-day weekends, the more likely it is that there's going to be communication issues because they will disrupt the normal weekly parenting time. That will work for some people, but it may cause unnecessary conflict for others. Mother's Day and Father's Day. Generally speaking, those weekends are, or at least the day is going to go to the mother for Mother's Day and father for Father's Day. But you have to think ahead and ask yourself, do I want to have the whole weekend with the kids or do I want the just the day and have pick them up at 10 o'clock and then have brunch or lunch and then take them back at that day if that happens to be the other parents' weekend? Thanksgiving, do you allocate just Thanksgiving? day? Do you have Friday or do you have what most school districts will follow is the whole week? Is that an opportunity for you to travel? You need to look at the school calendar and figure out what is going to drive your weekly parenting time versus the holidays. It may be that those are opportunities for you to travel or spend time with your kids. If not, you may be having kids at home alone, which is not in normally in the children's best interests. Generally speaking, winter break from school is usually longer than two weeks. What you can do is you can split the break in half so that if one year it's 18 days and then the next year it's 17 days, you at least have some sort of process by which you divide the winter break instead of having a particular day. But you need to keep in mind that there could be odd number of years or odd number of days in a particular winter break. And you need to think about how you handle that. Do you trade it off? Does one parent always get it? So on and so forth. Other things to take into consideration. Christmas, if that's important to you, if you celebrate Christmas, it generally follows falls on the first half of winter break. So what oftentimes people will do is they'll trade off the first half of winter break. Another thing to keep in mind is that Christmas, you may want to deal with or split on that particular day. So you could say the mom gets the first half of winter break in the even numbered years, but that the father will have Christmas day from let's say 12 o'clock until four o'clock on Christmas day to exchange gifts. Of course, that's going to require both parents to be in the general geographic proximity to one another. And people often will travel over the first half or over winter break just in general. A couple other things to keep in mind when you are dealing with holidays is particular religious holidays, state holidays, or days when your child is out of school, like teacher preparation days, in-service days, or in some cases, fall break. As we'll get into with summer break, which I'll discuss next, like summer vacations, there is a lot to think about when you build a holiday schedule. As I said before, one of the things that we recommend is sitting down and looking at the school calendar as well as just a general calendar and building out your weekly 
parenting time and your normal parenting time and overlaying your holiday and summer vacation. When you look at a calendar, you often will see various conflicts or issues that may arise. So for example, a midweek holiday, such as a birthday or July 4th or Halloween might come into conflict with your weekly schedule. As you'll see with summer vacation, there's a lot to think about when dealing with holiday schedules. One thing that I recommend is to sit down with a school calendar if your kids are in school, but at a minimum, sit down with a calendar and look at your weekly normal parenting time and then look at the holidays and see how they match up. There's going to be things that you see on a calendar that if you just were to write out a weekly parenting time and then throw in the holidays that you won't anticipate. For example, if If you have alternating weeks of parenting time as your normal schedule, and then you throw in a Thanksgiving break and you allocate that the whole week, there is a circumstance in which one parent could get the week before Thanksgiving break, that Thanksgiving break for that year, and then the normal Thanksgiving or normal week after Thanksgiving to result in three weeks straight of parenting time. Is that really what you intend? Probably not. But as we'll get into for summer breaks, you need need to think about the language that you use in your parenting plan and what's going to work for you and your kids for years to come. Okay, let's now talk about summer break. First, you have to decide what the time frame is that you're talking about. What do you mean by summer break? When does it start and stop? Does it start the week after school gets out? Does it stop the week before school starts out so that you can get into your normal cadence? What exactly do you mean when you say summer break? Second, do you change the normal weekly parenting time during summer break as you've defined it? Some parents will flip-flop and, for example, in a relocation parenting plan, and all of a sudden summer break is completely different and flipped on its head, whereas one parent may get substantially more time during summer break compared to the other. The third option is that you have a particular amount that each parent gets of vacation summertime. It could be one week. It could be two weeks. Do you have two weeks straight or do they have to be broken up? How does that compare to your weekly parenting time? Is it something in addition? And if so, how long can one parent have the kids for a given time period? Do you start over with your weekly parenting time when you return from summer vacation? Finally, what do you do about notice? Do you get summer vacation just whenever you decide to take it? Or do you have to give the other parent some sort of reasonable notice? Say, for example, 14 days, 21 days, or 30 days in advance. You could pick a particular date by which you need to make summer plans. That could be May 1st. It could be even as early as March. Because when you're looking at summer camps for the children, you need to take into consideration your vacation plan. As I said before, it's generally helpful to sit down with a calendar to look at what is going to work. One program that we use is Custody Exchange. It's in large part what these information is based on, but we will put together calendars that are attachments to parenting plans to give an idea or an example of what the parents mean in their parenting plan. Finally, the language and detail that you use in your parenting plan can really matter, especially when it comes to holidays and summer vacation. 
conversations. You and me do not like getting phone calls on the night of Christmas Eve because you weren't specific about what time the kids were going to be picked up. And now you're getting into an argument. Think ahead and figure out what is going to work. Try to be specific so that it ameliorates any concerns and miscommunications about what's going to happen when it comes to these critical times for you and your family. Thanks for listening or watching this short lesson on the Divorce Altitude podcast. If you found this helpful, please leave a review or share with a friend. It does help for others that are going through or thinking about a divorce in Colorado. If you want to find out more information, please visit kalamea.law or divorcealtitude.com. And that's K-A-L-A-M-A-Y-A.law. Remember, this is educational information. It's not intended to be legal advice. Please consult with an attorney about the particulars of your case. We're happy to answer questions. Feel free to give us a call at 970-315-2365.